Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> so we lost a couple of soldiers on the battlefield to global domination this week, but no fear, you guys really, honestly came to save today. I always do this in a jokey way. I talk about our latest patrons and talk about how they've got superpowers and that kind of thing but seriously sincerely i just want to say thank you because this week kevin powers upped his pledge carl parker and dan howarth and jacqueline coles all pledged to support the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver and thanks to you guys we hit our goal and we're now able to pay our creators our writers narrators editors just a little bit more it's not going to change their lives or anything like that but it's that extra helping hand to keep them inspired keep them making and to keep them pushing to deliver the best horror podcast content that we possibly can so thank you so much so so much for showing up once again kevin powers Carm parker dan howard jacqueline coles and all of our patrons honestly we could not do this without you now let's go take over the world shall we Starting with today's episode, which is The Motorhome, written by Michael David Wilson and narrated by Grant Patrizia. I was making coffee when I heard the explosion. I raced into the lounge to check outside. The street stood still, no signs of an accident or anything untoward. Then I saw the motorhome hogging two-thirds of our driveway. Philip appeared behind me, squeezed my shoulder. Thanks for the coffee, hun. What are you... He stopped when he saw it. 
I'm going to take a closer look, I said, then slipped on my shoes and headed outside. The motorhome was parked perfectly. No signs of an accident or crash. I approached the driver's side. Empty. I knocked on the motorhome's door. No response. Dark translucent glass afforded no view of the interior. I circled the motorhome, discovering more translucent windows. I returned to the door, pressing my ear against it. If there were people inside, they were dead quiet. Back in the house, Philip kissed my cheek and handed me my coffee. You're getting worked up. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for this. It's not the first time someone's abandoned something on our drive, and they're blocking the garage. Perhaps I should ring the police. Sounds OTT. Whoever left it will likely return soon. Why our drive? There's plenty of roadside parking. Perhaps it's someone we know. They could have given us a heads up. Plus, who do we know who has the money to spend on a thing like that? Philip shrugged. This motorhome an inside joke? <laughs> you pranking me? Of course not. Just take a few minutes, then return to your work, and forget all this. Philip headed upstairs to his art studio. Minutes later, good vibrations by the Beach Boys began. I headed to the computer to work on the accounts. Problem was, I'd lost my focus, and sitting at the computer, I couldn't see the driveway. I placed a chair in front of the bay windows and watched. When Philip re-emerged, I was still sitting there. What are you doing? He asked. Keeping guard. They haven't returned. You should focus on something else. How are the accounts? I don't want to think about that. As soon as this is over, I'll get to them. As soon as what is over? Perhaps you should go for a walk, listen to some music, unwind. Tools back catalogs on Spotify. Listening to Anima full volume had its appeal. Will you keep guard? I'm not going... Philip began. Then change tack. Fine. I'll do it. I headed towards Haberley Valley, a nature reserve with acres of woodland. Listening to Tool helped, but by track four, I remembered the accounts and couldn't focus, so rang Marcy. Hey, little brother, how you doing? We're having money problems. I fucked up big time and Philip doesn't have a clue. I've been distracting myself with other projects, but everything's such a mess. When you say money problems... What exactly do you mean? I mean, I've spent all the money. John and I are always dipping into the red. It's not ideal, but that's the beauty of an overdraft. It's more serious than that. I've been at it for the best part of two years. Maxed out credit cards, payday loans, and that's just for starters. With the price of things these days, it's easily done, especially when salaries don't rise accordingly. Not this. This is more indulgent. Let me guess, something to do with music or cars or perhaps even whiskey? <laughs> Nothing like that. It's Resident Evil. The video game? There aren't that many of them. 
Didn't they release number 7 a few years back? 24, not including mobile games. Plus, special editions, foreign editions, etc. If it were only the games, this wouldn't be a problem, but I've bought so much. Action figures, comic books, novelizations, t-shirts, the list goes on. And Philip hasn't noticed. There's nothing for him to notice. Everything's in the loft. He never goes up there. Hates heights and spiders. I was wondering about kitting it out like a room in the Spencer Mansion, but don't know how I'd go about it. We all have our obsessions. I've got loads of Lord of the Rings stuff which John isn't thrilled about. This is why communication is important. Talk to Philip, tell him why it means so much to you, and figure things out. I have costumes of every outfit from every game. That is a little excessive, but they can't have made that many. Officially, no, but there's this tailor I know. Just how many costumes do you have? I lost count at a hundred. That's not the worst of it. I've booked a flight to Japan. How in debt are you? There are things in both our names. We were saving for a new house. Philip thinks we still are. He's got his heart set on this place with a pool. Hang on, there are things in both your names? That's fraud! I didn't intend to. It was just so easy. These letters arrived, offering small loans and pre-approved credit cards. I only had to send a few bits of paper back. Perhaps fucking idiot was understating it. You need to tell Philip ASAP. He'll want to kill me. Given the situation, that's something you have to accept. Maybe your marriage is over. Maybe you're going to prison. Maybe you'll lose friends. But I'll tell you something. If you don't come clean, things will be much worse when the truth comes out. I need to try and get some of that money back to show him I'm doing the right thing. You said these Resident Evil items were collectible. You could sell them off and recuperate much of the money. I've worked so hard building the collection, there must be another way. Perspective, please. You've worked hard on your marriage, yet it sounds like you'd throw it away for some Resident Evil toys. Not toys, serious pieces. I wiped sweat from my forehead. Maybe I could start gambling. John always wins when he places a bet on the football. If you saw how many bets he placed, you wouldn't think him a winner. Now talk with Philip. I'll be here if you need me. I rushed home, determined to do the right thing. But as soon as I saw that motor home, I forgot about chatting with Philip. In the lounge, the wooden chair sat empty, which meant Philip wasn't keeping guard. Philip! I screamed. He legged it downstairs and into the lounge. From the way he held himself, he was ready to fight. Are you okay? He said. You were supposed to keep guard. I only nipped to the loo. What on earth happened? And why are you in such a state? I looked down at myself. Burrs clung to my clothing. Mud flecked on my sweat-soaked shirt. I went running. Well, not went running. I decided to run mid-walk. Must have got carried away. You sure you're okay? I panicked, that's all. You should have left a note. You don't leave a note when you're going to the toilet, Philip sighed. I thought the walk would clear your head, but you're worse than ever. Why don't we watch a film? 
we'd need to position the TV so we could see the window. Imagine if we missed something and the motorhome was gone. We'd kick ourselves. Thought you wanted the motorhome gone. Yeah, but I also want to know who put it there in the first place and have a word. Philip put an arm around me. I've got the new Halloween and the final Resident Evil. I felt sick. I'd rather keep guard. I sat on the chair, eyes on the driveway. Philip trudged upstairs. That night, I woke around 3 a.m. Returning from the bathroom, I noticed light from inside the motorhome. It only lasted a few seconds, but was definitely there. I put on my dressing gown and crept downstairs. I ogled the motorhome from the lounge window. What if whoever lay inside was drunk, dangerous, or both? The night sky was thick black, the streets empty. If anything happened to me, no one would see. I considered telling Philip, but knew he'd talk me out of it. So stepped outside. There was no light inside the motorhome, but someone had to be in. Only a few minutes had passed. I rapped on the door, considered calling out, letting whoever was inside know I'd seen light, but couldn't risk alerting Philip. Instead, I knocked again, then tried the handle. It didn't budge. After a few minutes lingering and listening, I left. The next day, I woke with a massive headache and mud around my feet. I ran cold water over my feet, cleaning off the dirt, scooped up the bed sheets, and headed downstairs. In the dining room, Philip gazed up from his iPad. Morning. Then eyed the bed sheets. Blimey, you're doing the washing? This is a first. Just doing my bit. Yeah, right. You have an accident or something? No, I snapped. Okay, grumpy pants. There's enough coffee in the French press for a cup. I kissed Philip. Thanks. And sorry. I didn't sleep well. Is there something you'd like to talk about? I hesitated. Had Marcy told him about things? I'm fine, I said. I see the motorhome still on the drive. If it's there once I've showered, I'll phone the police. After freshening up, the motorhome remained. I approached the door, but stopped short of knocking. Taped across the window pane, a note read, Do not enter. So, someone was there last night. They'd likely heard me trying the doors and were now marking their territory. Fuck their motorhome! I kicked the door, hurt my foot in the process, so kicked it again. After the third kick, Philip came running. What the hell are you doing? teaching them a lesson. Look at what they did! I pointed towards the note. Philip pulled me away. They're taunting us, telling us not to snoop when they're the ones on our bloody drive. <laughs> Bunch of bastards. Philip sat me down on the sofa. Perhaps the note was there yesterday. Think I'd miss a thing like that? You've been stressed. Did you want to ring the police? Not yet. The police might just tow it away. That note makes things personal. Don't be silly. It isn't personal. But it is, Philip. It fucking is. When Philip returned upstairs, I watched videos on how to get into a car door without a key. 
In the end, I lost my patience. The methods involved wires and shoelaces and were oh so intricate. I grabbed a hammer from the garage. I knocked on the door first. If anyone's in there, open up! I've got a hammer! I waited, then clarified. The hammer's to get in! I won't attack you! When no one answered, I took aim. As I was about to strike, a BMW pulled up roadside. The window unwound and an elderly man in expensive clothes said, Do not go inside. What do you know? I approached the car. The window wound up. What do you fucking know? The car sped off. I'd been holding the hammer up. No wonder he'd fled. I was on guard when the phone rang. Hey, Marcy. You tell him? Not yet. I've got something bigger to worry about. Some bastards parked there. You need to talk to Philip. Marcy hung up. I raced upstairs to Philip. Some guy told me not to go inside the motorhome. What does it mean? I don't care about that stupid motorhome. My fist clenched. What are you talking about, stupid motorhome? This is serious! No, it isn't. Matter of fact, we can sort it out now. Philip grabbed his phone. I'll call the police. They'll soon take it away. You can't do that. I can, and I will, unless you tell me what's really bothering you. The motorhome is what's bothering me. What the hell is wrong? I know it's more than that. It isn't. It is. I put my hands up. Okay, fine. We're bankrupt. We have no fucking money. Satisfied? Philip grinned. Now I know you're joking. Actually, I'm not. We're in debt. Both of us. And you can forget that dream house. Matter of fact, this house might be repossessed. Don't believe me? Check the loft! Hun, this makes no sense. Listen, I fucked up. And believe it or not, I'm sorry. I'll explain everything later, but right now, I'm getting into that motorhome! I raced downstairs, snatched the hammer from the floor. Philip shouted after me, but it was white noise. I ran to the motorhome, hammer ready, but the door was already ajar. I dropped the hammer and entered. Hello? I said, admiring the inside of the home all shiny and state-of-the-art luxury. The door closed. A smartphone sat atop the kitchen surface. It rang. The ID read, Answer me. So I did. Yes? I told you not to go inside. The line died. The motorhome's engines roared. I raced back to the door. The damn handle wouldn't budge. Philip! Philip! The vehicle began to move. I stumbled next to the seating, but quickly pulled myself up and headed toward the front of the vehicle. Please! Stop! Let me out! Music began. I advanced further, but met with a wall. There was no way to alert the driver, and no way through. I banged on the wall. 
Stop the bloody van! Then I recognized the song, Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Please, I'm trapped! Help! Philip! Philip! I screamed and screamed, and the music played on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. The Motorhome was written by Michael David Wilson, narrated by Grant Patrizio, edited by Carl Hughes, and music by Ali Chule, Mayu, and Sam Robson, with sound effects provided by freesound.org. Michael David Wilson is a professional writer, editor, podcaster, and the founder of thisishorror.co.uk. His forthcoming novella, The Girl in the Video, will be published later this year by Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing. You can connect with Michael over at www.michaeldavidwilson.co.uk or at WilsonTheWriter on Twitter. Again, thank you. Last week, we put a call out to try and hit our goal of $150 per month, which will allow us to be able to pay our creators that a little bit more. And look who turned up. We've got Kevin Powers who upped his pledge, Carl Parker, Dan Howarth, and Jacqueline Coles. We did lose a couple of soldiers on the battlefield to global domination, but these guys showed up and really saved the day. So thank you. Honestly, I always do this in a jokey way, but I really don't want to do that this time because you really showed up. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You guys have helped us to be able to pay our writers, narrators, editors just a little bit more. And like I said, it's not going to change their lives, but it's that extra helping hand to keep them inspired, keep them making stuff, to keep them pushing to deliver the best content that they possibly can for you guys. So thank you. Thank you so much. Now it's time for global domination. (laughs) So until next time. 